Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. The strong, the powerful Jennifer Kenning has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Jen. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you back on. Jen is the co-founder and CEO of Align Impact, an independent, specialized impact advisory firm that serves and collaborates with individuals, families, foundations, and their financial advisors to increase effectiveness and alignment of philanthropic grants and impact investments and mission-related investments. Jen, tell us a little bit about your personal life. Give us the name of the dog that we just heard and uh, tell me why it is you do what you do. <laughs> well, uh, the dog we just heard is Tiger and Tebow. Nice. Um, and they're almost 11 and they are feisty. Um, <laughs> like the athletes are named after. Um, and I do what I do because I believe the world should work for 7.8 billion people, not at the expense, not at the expense of the planet. And I believe the best way for us to accomplish that is by aligning our financial objectives with our social and environmental goals and driving capitalism in that direction so that we can create real, innovative, and long-lasting solutions. Nice. I love it. So what was it, I'm sure that we talked about this but it's been a couple of years. What was it that, that really motivated you to, to go into this space full time? Because you've been in wealth management or investment. I don't know how, what, 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 what term you would use, but what really prompted you to, to, to dive headfirst into this? Yeah, great question. I often say it was serendipitous, but then I also think that it was, uh, it was building to this over uh, a 15-year time horizon. So I spent the first 13 years of my career in wealth management, investing, family office, really advising multi-generational families around all aspects of their wealth. Um, and then serendipitously in 2008, 2009, um, I kind of had two things occur. One is a client started coming to me and asking me how they could drive more impact in their philanthropic portfolios and how they could take their philanthropy to the next level beyond just treadmill grant giving, which is what I usually refer to. A lot of people constantly give the same gifts year in and year out. And then the second driving force was during that time in my personal life, I was really struggling with depression. Um, and my way of healing myself was working with people uh, that were vulnerable, really uh, on Skid Row in Los Angeles, working with the homeless population. And what I saw was that the systems were very broken. When you looked at it from a local, state, and federal level, as well as from a corporate, nonprofit, services, health, mental health, uh, career aspirations, housing, we needed to take a more comprehensive approach and that the everyone operating in their own silos wasn't really gonna get the job done. So really it's those two driving forces. In 2013, I went to Africa, I saw 12 social enterprises, um, and I just really did not come back the same person. I really felt like it was time for us, to, for me to build a firm that really would drive clients, their children, philanthropists and institutions in a direction that would align their values with their investments and really do it in a thoughtful uh, approach. Yeah. 
Amen. And in, in that time, it, it's it's interesting. Um, it almost seems like back then, like it was that long ago, but way back then, <laughs> that this that this was more of a sort of a nice to have. And now it seems like the conversation is more shifted to this is this is something that 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 we have to do. Yeah, I often say, if not now, when, and if not us, who? Um, You know, six years ago and even a decade ago when we started in this endeavor, um, this was still, you know, fringe and niche, and people were really trying to get their heads wrapped around it. They're also really trying to figure out the data. Were you going to have to sacrifice returns? Could you actually allocate a portfolio across asset classes Today, we have a decade, um, in most cases, of data that supports the thesis and argument. Um, we also have, you know, a perfect storm in the current environment. I often joke lately that I wouldn't want to be starting to build this firm today. I'm glad that we spent the last six years uh, building it out just so we could be able to help families and foundations and institutions and individuals really drive the change they want to see. We're in a perfect storm on so many levels if you think about covid and the pandemic you know once in a hundred year uh event i would say we're going to see more and more of this and as you know george i'm an internal optimist but i do believe that we are all interconnected and our supply chains are so connected that it's really hard to segregate out certain things like what we're seeing with the pandemic rippling across the globe I think you also can see some elements of COVID and the pandemic that stem into the environmental crisis that we're facing. I think what we're seeing is that you can really, uh, we need to invest now. We can't kick the can down another 10 years. Um, And we're seeing that with, you know, more and more hurricanes, fires that are constant, that are constant. They're no longer one-offs, right? They're every fire season across multiple states, across the globe. Um, And then in terms of just the current environment, you also want to throw in a social and racial landscape that is pretty divided, right? (laughs) So if you think about all of those and then just the general economy, um, we have a lot of work to do to rebuild our systems so that our systems work for everyone and they work for the environment. That's no small feat right there. Um, I'm super interested to, to, to unpack that a little bit. You, you you touched on that people used to or just the idea that if you're going to take this approach, you're not going to get good returns. Yeah, that's a myth. I mean, there is so much data out there to show that whether you want to take an environmental, social or governance lens to de-risk your portfolio or to diversify and to look at those risk factors as a way of evaluating the portfolio or you want to do deep impact, um, you don't have to sacrifice returns. You can get equivalent or uh, in some cases equal or better returns for the same level of risk that you were take, you're taking in your traditional portfolio. What I will say is that you still have to be a long-term investor, right? You have to look out over the next cycle, over the next you know seven to 10 to 20 years to look to see what you're trying to accomplish and then align your financial goals and your family goals with the investments you wanna make. Um, the other thing we now have is we have a plethora of products in the marketplace, whether it's mutual funds or data around individual companies or bond issuances or private investments that you really can build a portfolio 
that will give you the returns you're seeking across asset classes. But I'll caveat that with George, that you have to still do rigorous due diligence, have a process and methodology for how you evaluate companies, strategies, portfolio managers in that endeavor. Otherwise, you, you're going to have some what I would call green, pink, and blue washing, right? And now if you want to throw an opportunity, you could say brown washing. Um, you really need to take a stand for what is the impact that you're seeking to achieve um, and then what are the outputs and ultimate outcomes that we're looking to get over a decade time period. And that's really what where, where you and your firm come in. Yeah. I mean, we come in to really help educate. I often say we're educators as well as, you know, investors. We help them see kind of here are the issues you said you care about. Here is the current state of the problem. And then how, what are the solutions you could invest in? And we educate them across our opportunity set across asset classes. And then we really look also to what are the different levers that each investor has from philanthropic capital to um, more kind of patient capital to public markets, to engaging with corporations, to private companies, direct or through fund managers or even fund of funds. And then how do you actually bring that together to have them kind of build a sound portfolio with the diversification that most investors seek and to be um, really conscientious around what are the not only the financial returns we're seeking, but the impact returns. Impact measurement is still young in its infancy. Um, I think it's something we often debate. I think, you know, what you measure should inspire something, right? So I always tell my clients, let's measure what you care about and is really going to get you excited and move the needle and it's going to be an aha for you. And if we do that, over a long enough period of time, we'll start to be able to say, we believe these outcomes existed because of this, and we'll be able to go back and say, let's do more of this because we believe we'll be able to drive this result. Nice, I think that that's so powerful. Um, how has how has your relationship with, with other traditional wealth managers, uh, with other traditional investment advisors, how has that changed and it's almost as though, well, you need to be working together if you're talking about really understanding what the what client is really passionate about, what they're interested in, and then making sure that the things that they're spending their money or that they're investing their money in are are aligned to that. Um, so how, how, how has that evolved? Where is it today? Yeah, I mean, it's still similar to the underlying premise when we founded Align, which is that we want to be your co-pilot in whatever way you need us to be your co-pilot. And that includes and is definitely the advisors, right? That clients have advisors, um, you know, or investors have advisors that they deeply trust and they have long relationships with in most cases. Um, and that those advisors are also looking for a solution. They're looking for a partner that can go deeper than what the general um, advisor can do. Right. So we think about it as an architectural plan. We're going to help that advisor build the architectural plan. We're going to focus on the, the E, the S, the G, the impact, kind of what solutions do we have? And then the advisor is focused on the financial planning, the goals, how they build portfolios, the asset allocation, um, how they select passive versus active managers, et cetera. And we complement each other. I like to say we're going one or two steps deeper underneath the hood 
um, because we're actually looking at the companies or strategies themselves um, and how they relate back to the factors that we're looking at, as whereas the advisor tends to be saying kind of what strategies should we even have in our wheelhouse. Um, and then once we get there, then we can go deeper to say kind of how do they actually do what we're intending for them to do. The other thing to note is I think, you know, the financial services industry likes to benchmark or look backwards, right? We like to say, what does our past performance look like? And it's no indication of future performance. And I like to say that should be one guiding principle. But in today's environment, we actually need to look forward. We're in a different time and place than we were even in a few years ago when I was on this podcast, right? Or even five or six years ago when we started Align formally. And so when you look ahead, we need to look at where we're going, right? Where are we going with technology? And that's even accelerated, right, in the current environment. Uh, where are we going with the future of work? What is the future of food and agriculture? And how does that tie back to our health? Um, how do we take commercial space that we may not need as much of it and trans transcend it into uh, affordable housing or other shared spaces or community or things that we actually have a shortage of, right? How do we get the future system to align with the values that we're trying to create for people and for the planet? This is such a such a dynamic time. There's a lot of terrible things that are going on, but then you also see lots of really positive things with, with people becoming more active and passionate about about wanting to do whatever part that they can have in, in making a difference. And it sounds to me that um, that with the way that they invest, that they're able to do that in pretty much all these different areas. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I would even say, so yes, and there's a lot of other things that everyday people can do. So people might be listening and saying, well, I don't have a large investment portfolio yet, um, but you do probably have a retirement vehicle or a 401k and a company you work for that you can influence how they look at the issues and how they drive solutions, um, right? So we do have the ability. You can look at your banking relationship and see kind of what's going on at that banking level. What are they loaning the capital that you give to them inside of your banking relationship to? You could measure your carbon footprint and just get a baseline reading and then look to see how can I reduce my own carbon footprint um, and really take it on myself, right? You can look to say, what am I eating and how does that actually impact the health system or my body or also how does it impact animals or how does it actually impact soil health and the environment? Um, and so there's lots of different ways that you can be part of the solution. Um, not only from an environmental perspective, but also from a social and racial perspective. What conversations are we having? Where are we loaning our capital? How do we empower and invest in people of color and women more than we do so today? Um, and the data is actually saying that's a good investment, right? We can look at enough data now over time to show that these will prove to be great investments if you do proper due diligence and you look to say, what am I ultimately trying to accomplish? So I do think while some people tend to skew away from this conversation, I think that it is something that we all can do um, and we all have different levers in which we can drive the conversation um, from voting to engaging to uh, tilting towards 
impact from a philanthropy or and or an investment perspective and ultimately as a consumer right what we consume has huge impact um, because it drives profits at the bottom line so how do you actually empower companies that align with your values inside of what you consume and shopping local and small and um, really helping kind of build the local small business economy yeah yeah i appreciate all that and i was going to ask you and i I guess i still will is there is there a resource to figure out um what who who i bank with and 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 what they're investing in if i'm with one of the big banks then i imagine that they invest in absolutely everything or they're lending money to absolutely everybody but for smaller yeah yeah there's a uh, climate banking report that's pretty great i can forward to you that you could share with your listeners um, I think it was put out by the Rainforest Action Network, so independent, um, and it really ranks the largest banks to even s- to some smaller banks. Uh, we say you want to bank locally. You want to know your banker kind of like the way it used to be um, and build relationships. Um, so if you can bank with a credit union or a local bank um, that's more kind of independent and isn't stuck in mainstream, that's always a better solution. Um, and then, you know, in terms of other resources besides banking, um, we, we put out a kind of an actionable newsletter to clients and friends of the firm in the April, May timeframe where we gave links to kind of how do I, how do I measure my carbon emission? How do I start to align my personal goals with the Paris climate change? Um, what are some other places where I can um, start to engage that maybe aren't as familiar? Got it. I'm sure that uh, so if people go to your website, can 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 they find that or can they sign up for for that letter? Yes, you can. You can find it under a uh, line in the news, and then you can subscribe. Um, and we put two pieces out quarterly. Uh, one is usually on a topic, so we kind of prime you. Um, why is COVID teaching is the forefront of climate change? And then the second piece is usually seven to nine action items that everyday people can take um, because we want everyone to come along, not just people with uh, huge philanthropic dollars or investment dollars. Yeah, I love it. Well, Jen, you've already given us a lot, but Savage Nation is ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Um, My tip would be pick one thing, whether it's where you bank something you love to consume that you consume all the time or one investment inside of your retirement account or investment portfolio and engage with that uh, company. Really look, do some research on the internet of what does that company represent? Ask yourself, does that represent what I care about and what I'm committed to for the world? And once you do it once, it becomes a lot easier and it's one small action item. Imagine if everybody listening did that today our consumption, our giving, and our investing would look drastically different than it does. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. Jen, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Where could Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, you can go to alignimpact.com, um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at, at alignimpact, um, and uh, we're also on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jen your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to alignimpact.com. That's A-L-I-G-N-I-M-P-A-C-T.com. Follow them on Twitter as well as LinkedIn. Thanks again, Jen. Thanks so much, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.
spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.